You are now listening to Out of the Blank. When we talk about culinary confections, Dorothy, we're talking about making cakes. Now, you said something about how it's the person that makes the cake, what you kind of love to do. And for people listening, I'm letting you know, I, we recorded like 10, 15 minutes. I didn't have my microphone plugged in, so I will call that as my fault. But you were talking about the more of the detail, and you said someone with dainty hands to make a cake, kind of the person that pays more attention to detail is the ones that want to design the cakes. If you look at so many people that, whether you're a baker, whether you're a cook, whether you're, the list goes on and on. The differences in the job, the title and description. Someone says, I'm a chef and someone says, I'm a cook. Those are two very distinct things. Yeah. One person can make a bulk order of stuff while another person does a whole line of maybe culinary crafts, such as more precision, more about the art of plating, right. all these different styles and techniques. When it comes to a cake though, when you're making it into an edible factor, there's a lot of detail that goes in it, not only on the aspect of how much you have to put into um, to make it even into an edible confection, but also the fact of how do you want it to look? Who are you trying to please as your audience? It's a bit of your personality spiked into the cake. Yeah. Um, gosh, so there was one, uh, one I have made uh, medicated cakes, like lots of them, but uh, this one in particular, it's on my it's on my Instagram. I'd say it's about a year ago or so, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, I made it for uh, one of our friends and for their wedding. It's it was a three layer cake. It was a square cake, and they are both DJs, uh, so they wanted a music cake. So it's kind of a process to you know, design to basically figure out what they want. Um, so, I mean, they came over, we, you know, we smoked and then we, we figured out, uh, we, we went online and took a look at various uh, pictures of other cakes and designs that they were interested in. And then we, you know, kind of combined a few different uh, styles of what they were wanting and uh, then figured out also uh, what kind of medication and how much medication they wanted to have in the cake too. It was an entirely medicated uh, three-tier cake. It had chocolate music notes on the uh, outside and uh, it had these little um, like succulent flowers that were uh, that were kind of like uh, set up on the tiers really pretty. Uh, that's probably like my favorite cake, but there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of process that goes into it with the math um, because with it being three layer, um, you know, they wanted uh, each piece to be 20 milligrams a piece. It ended up being 80 pieces total. So we had to figure out, you know, 80 pieces times 20 milligrams and then figure out how much of my medicated butter needs to go into the recipe to make the batter for all of these cakes. Um, so, I mean, that that's kind of the, the extra step of the medication process, um, you know, that goes beyond regular cake making. Um, and then you have to think about your cake has to be in there, you know, at least at 360, sometimes a little bit higher, but your cannabinoids are starting to vaporize at 345. Your terpenes are vaporizing at lower, temperatures than that so you want to it's kind of like a fine line you you get your your concentrate and your butter tested so that you know how much medication you have in here um, and then and then you have to figure out you know how much to put into the cake so it's it's really cool um, you know just it's, it's like if you look at it. like I, I do math 
all day, every day. That's what I'm saying. If you look at it, like um, there's the cooking class and then there seems like to be a branch off. That's like a, another category, which is like for the advanced, which is like more of the edible chef arrangement type deal, because now you're factoring in not only how hard it is to make a process of cooking, being quiet and stuff too. Like I mentioned, uh, you know, being 13, wrestling with my best friend in the kitchen and trying to keep quiet because there's a souffle in the oven. There's that category. And then now you have to add on the fact that you also have to make sure you're measuring out even more things, not just on sugar, but on the factor of now you got to know how much butter you're using, how much of the edibles or the THC that you're incorporating into this thing. Um, make sure people can get the right dosage without eating a cake and right. freaking out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and I mean, that's, I, I ended up uh, cutting the cake uh on site i mean it was our friends so I, we went to the wedding so that was that was really like probably one of the the top experiences uh i would say just because i mean you plan out the cake you make the cake and then you deliver the cake and then like they you know they at that point have gotten married and then then you're cutting the cake and you're serving it to you know all the all the you know people there that have their cards and you know are able to medicate and uh and it, it's just a cool experience you know to get that immediate feedback so i mean i would say like events um and like lounge experiences are probably the top experiences for uh for an edible chef just because then you get to see you know the immediate reaction but i mean i like i like the reaction and the feedback that i get from people because i mean that's how you get better would you ever thought in a million years you would end up being a cannabis chef? We talk about the strict kind of Polish background that you had where that was even a thought into your head. But to see where you're at now, to see where you're at when I was a kid, like, don't you wish you just go back in time and be like, you're going to be a cannabis chef one day. And then someone's <laughs> just like, what? Like, you don't know what that means in my household. It's like, just wait, time's going to change. <laughs> Dude, no, like never in a million years would I have thought that I would. I never really even thought that I would be a chef. Um, but definitely not like anything to do with cannabis and definitely not a cannabis chef. Um, I, I mean, I, out of high school, I mean, I went to, uh, to GCC for chemistry. I thought that, um, at that point I wanted to be an optometrist or like an, uh, um, not an optometrist, but, um, um, the person that does like the surgeries on the eyes, I think it's like an ophthalmologist. Um, so it's kind of crazy. Like now, uh, I can't even like get my blood drawn without kind of freaking you out. You went from <laughs> wanting to open up eyes to making them squint. Like how <laughs> that is the best thing I have ever heard. <laughs> like that is perfect. <laughs> That's like yeah. So idea. like I don't know, like complete shift. Um, I did switch, you know, after a year of going to GCC, I switched to wanting to be a biomedical engineer. And then, and then, um, and then I just didn't kind of know what I wanted to do. I did finance for like a decade. I did credit counseling and, um, you did and all the stuff that uh, marks the main pegs of being professional. You yeah. Did all so I mean, that's, yeah, that's I'm what helped me get here um i, I feel like that's what that, i couldn't be here that's what's awesome about how the world's going like we were mentioning before before like i messed up the recording was the fact of i'm gonna insult myself on it through this whole episode it's okay it's okay it's <laughs> happy yeah. happy little accidents but little right. literally we were mentioning the kind of the 180 shift that society has gone to where we've stigmatized weed for so long. And then now it's flipped this whole other way where it's turning out to be a medical benefit. And there's so many people that you wouldn't even think would be using this type of thing. I mean, it seems like it's instilled to us as we're kids or as the times have kind of changed that you have to get a good paying job, a good salary, a good 401k, a retirement, all these types of things. And then now we're seeing a world where Fortnite can win you a million dollars uh cannabis chefs are an actual like legit job and yeah. all these other things you wouldn't have even thought about and that's not me insulting cannabis chefs that's me on the aspect of enlightening of how as a society we've changed in some good ways we've changed in more of opening up our minds to things that have been left for so long because i think 
like I love every stoner movie, Pineapple Express, all those types of things, but they really do the service of a, a dishonor when they come to the aspect of trying to be a professional in this industry. Everyone thinks that you're just sitting around smoking. I live in a beach town, so everybody thinks we're sitting around smoking grass the whole time. I'm like, no, not even freaking close. There's a lot of people here that are doing some major jobs. I work construction and I get high every day. It's like, you shouldn't be building buildings if you're doing that. But then you start to notice that it is more potent. But it's not like how you see on TV where you just want to smoke and eat a whole bag of chips. You want to have this experience, but at the same time, it helps with depression. It helps with physical issues. I know so many people that if you would have met them before they smoked, it was heartbreaking to hear the stories and how what they went through. And then once they started trying edibles and they started finding a way to medicate through cannabis instead of using pills, the complete yeah. 180 shift has been I mean, it's blown my mind. Right. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I agree with, with that entirely. Um, I mean, there's so many people that are able to, you know, get off of uh, pain medication and anti-anxiety medication uh, with the help of cannabis and, you know, the medical marijuana program. Uh, there's, I mean, you know, just having that exposure at, you know, at, at the farmer's markets and the lounges and, you know, having, having that face-to-face -face interaction with the, the patients, you know, even at uh, the dispensary, you know, you, you see how those medications affect um, people. And I mean, even, you know, experiencing it, uh, you know, myself, you know, after being in an accident and, you know, seeing, uh, you know, my dad when, you know, he had cancer, you know, having to take you know, pain medication, um, it's, it's revolutionary what it can do, uh, for the people that <laughs> don't, uh, buy into reefer madness. Um, it's, I guess that's kind of like the, the hardest thing is, you know, getting people to, to dismiss the, the reefer madness notion and accept the fact that like science is science and, there's a reason that, I don't know, that, that the research is, you know, is saying and is showing us that, that cannabis is helping. I mean, back in, you know, 1912 and, you know, in the 19, you know, or before that, I mean, cannabis was written about in textbooks for doctors. And, you know, then it got completely, you know, taking, taken out of the textbooks, just, I mean, basically because of racism and, uh, and, and they, they just, you know, it's, it's that whole segregation. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's that whole laziness factor too, where it's seen as like, if you smoke, you're going to be lazy, but honestly, I've right. seen the most productive people that are on it, the most creativity. I mean, it's a yeah. form of expression to see where, like, I've seen people that are sitting there stumped on something and they smoke and then, or they eat something. And next thing you know, they're freaking writing down paragraphs upon paragraphs of ideas and all these crazy combinations. And, I love the experience on it, to be honest with you. I've had really bad experiences the whole time, but once I find the correct level and find what suits me, the most amazing thing is to see how I can perceive the world in a whole new way. If you've ever smoked or you've ever gotten high before, what I say is it takes the sunglasses off your eyes. It shows you more detail. I think it's just – you we walk around neglecting so many things about like the world, like, Oh, what I'm doing with my life. You're just on the same routine over and over and over again. And the one thing about this is that it kind of opens you up to, I guess, a broader horizon of, Oh, I'm totally missing out on the, 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 the smell of the ocean, the, the cooling of the wind. And, you know, I was talking to, um, chef turtle uh you know when he started up his youtube channel and everything too i was there with that process what's in it like wh where do you want to take yours where do you want to end up you want to go farther than ruby red confections are you trying to turn this into maybe a cooking show i mean you could definitely beat martha stewart <laughs> well thank you thank you for that um gosh i mean i would i mean definitely i want to keep the i mean ruby red confections going forward i would be so down for, you know, having more cake orders come in, uh, being able to kind of expand that. Um, I, it would be really awesome to, you know, actually be able to hire somebody to work with me to be able to, 
you know, move my ruby red confections even more forward, that would be really super awesome. Um, but something I've kind of been working on um, in the background is uh, my ganja yoga. Um, I am a, a certified yoga teacher as well um, for hot yoga. Um, that's something I, it's, I don't know, I have, a, I wear a lot of hats. Um, so that's just one of the, the hats that I wear to help with my anxiety. Um, so I, I guess that just trying to expand that, I have a, another page, uh, DL Yoga 360. I only have a couple posts there, but I'm going to be expanding that. I'd like to create an online, uh, uh, an online uh, yoga platform. Uh, You're you know really that. about helping people, like in so many ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's I don't know. It, it's really nice to be able to come to grips with the various things that cause anxiety um, in your life, and just creating that balance. Um, well, the two main professions that we've kind of talked about with the cannabis chef and now we're talking about yoga, it's all about finding yourself, like kind of opening up your mind's eye, which I think is extremely important. And I really appreciate that you're out there doing that because you know how many people in this world are just looking around searching for an answer and can't find anything. And like for me, for instance, if you would have told me three, four years ago that I was going to be a guy that will believe in forms of meditation, yoga, I would have laughed so hard in your face. It would have been like a, obviously fake laughter, but it would have been like, really? Like you're going to laugh that out loud about it? Like, LOL, really? But yeah, yeah. From talking to so many people and really trying to slow down because I'm an insomniac, so I always got to be doing something. I always got to be, you know, rushing with my thoughts and trying to slow down and take a second to breathe. Are you kidding me? But I remember a rainstorm that happened. And the first thing I like to do is I like to listen to the rain. So I usually shut my room in complete darkness and try just to listen in and really kind of find peace with it. But then I remember I laid in my garage on the floor, like I was an idiot kind of, but like I'm laying on this floor in the garage and I'm hearing the picker patter against the garage door and hearing the wind hit it hard. And I just felt at peace and I'm like, there's a constant storm going on in my mind 24 seven and to hear it on the outside and not inside for once was just, it was a complete revelation. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Um, I wish I had a garage. Maybe one day I'll have a garage <laughs> and I can do that. But in the meantime, I have, um, our, our patio is actually like a metal roof patio. Um, so anytime it rains, it basically does like that little like pitter patter. Um, and I fucking love that, man. Like it's, uh, it's so great. I, I love the rain and, um, and well, some, just like thunderstorms and just being able to just to like be there with the energy of the weather. Sometimes you I, literally have to fun. stop yourself in your tracks and be like, Oh, it's raining outside. Like I need to, I need to go check something out. Like my cousin opened that up to me in the biggest way when he stayed with us um, over the summer, he stayed with us almost for a year. And he was like, dude, you're missing out on so many experiences. And I'm like, okay, man, well, I'm, I gotta, I gotta do some schoolwork. I gotta do this. I got a podcast I gotta do. And he's like, just stop for a minute. And he just goes, come outside. And then like, next thing you know, I'm outside and I'm like, what we're outside. He goes, listen, and it's just a picker patter of rain. He's like, yeah. you see that you see what you're missing. And I'm like, how many drugs have you taken and why is this so enjoyable to you? And he's like, dude, there are moments in your life that you totally just don't even realize are happening that are some of the most beautiful things in the world. I mean, whenever a thunderstorm happens, I actually got excited because the forecast for this weekend was the factor of it was going to be thunderstorms. So I'm like, Ooh, what, I, what I do is in my podcast studio, I take this giant black curtain out from behind me. And I shut my room in complete darkness. And then I just like to see, because right out this window is nothing but water. So I get to see the lightning crackle up against the sky. Oh, and nice. it's those nights that where you feel like the, the static in the air, where your hair starts standing up on your arms right. and stuff. And you're like, whoa, it's going to be a good show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I really, I, I don't know. I would love to, in my wildest dreams, I would love to be a storm chaser. I don't. I don't think I should do that, um, but I, I love it that much that 
I don't know. I, 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 I've seen tornadoes <laughs> happen, and I'm like, I maybe, I, maybe not that. I don't know. Uh, Arizona is kind of kind of mild. Um, I mean, we we go big on our storms, but not like not tornado style. Not well storms. when when you're teaching yoga, for instance, are, what who are you trying to make it adaptable for? I feel like a lot of times, like the focus is kind of hits this stereotypical like I, I work at a gym so we have hot yoga in the room beside us and stuff and it's always the same like people dressed up with like a crop top always like 20 year old chicks going in and doing hot yoga or something I'm like what about the mom at home who's got a struggle with three kids and work two jobs and just wants to find a way to find a piece of herself again like is there anything out there that's not like a Tampax commercial where it doesn't go to that audience it's like can we make it to a fact of like like, hey, there's a form of meditation where you can really find yourself. People talk about a good book. People talk about this. Well, what's a good form of meditation or a trick you try and teach people that makes you different from the rest? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, during my yoga classes, I try to, I try to get the, the students connected, you know, with with their breath and really to get them to understand that they are um, entirely in control of their experience. Um, and I, yeah, I just tried to keep them, keep them entirely in the moment and uh, try to, you know, kind of let them know that this is exactly where they need to be uh, right now, even whatever, whatever's going on, um, outside of the mat, there's something in the universe that brought you right here right now to, to, to bring you, you know, back to, back to yourself, connect you, um, to your roots, to your, to your, yeah, your inner being, your breathing. And, you know, at the, at the end, you know, I basically just tried to, uh, get their, you know, their blood flowing. And then, you know, throughout the practice, uh, the practice that I do, it's a vinyasa flow. So you know, there's a warm up um, that kind of like gets your blood flowing. And then there's standing poses uh, that kind of get you, you know, centered. Uh, and then we do some more flows. And then there's a cool down um, and a warm down process. Uh, but kind of like through the through the flows, I like to put on music that is a little bit more inspiring that, you know, gets you to really think about yourself and um, just positive, positive music that's going to help motivate you um, and, and keep you going and like kind of re-energize you. And then, you know, towards the, the end of the practice, I like to, you know, finish it off with a light stretching and then, Kind of walk them through a kind of like a, a wind down shavasana. I'm not sure exactly what the right term is for it. Um, it may even be considered yoga nidra, uh, where you're basically, you know, getting the students into shavasana and then you're asking them to, you know, relax their eyes and then relax, um, you know, relax their cheeks release, you know, the tongue from the roof of their mouth, relax their, their shoulders and their torso, torso, you know, their pelvis, their thighs, the knees, the calves, the ankles and toes, and then just kind of like feel as if you're melting into the mat and like all of your weight is going into the mat and you're releasing whatever you need to let go. Um, like a nice and then, little piece yeah, of butter then, on a stack of flapjacks to quote yeah. from pineapple express the movie I talk trash on. But when, when you look down into it though, speaking from a place of someone who has anxiety, you know, I can relate on the factor of there's going to be people out there listening. That's like, well, my mind can't stop. Well, I can't do this. It's like, have you really tried? Besides thinking about making it stop and trying your best to zone out of it, I understand how difficult it is. Trust me, I have anxiety and it gets hard all the time. And I think that's why like edibles come in handy to help you get to that place. But it's obviously the factor of we're, we're worrying, we're comparing too much about the future, we're worried about things that are out of our control. 
a lot of the times, you know, I think it's a thing set instilled upon us when we're kids to have this unrealistic expectation of what to achieve and what it means to be famous or what it means to be in the eye or something. But when you look down into who you are and what you need to find, I think like during this whole situation the world's come to in 2020 where everyone was staying at home spending all this time trying to figure out what's going on and how to you know find themselves we saw a lot of people start to spark that inner passion for something that they left dormant long long ago and i think with forms of meditation it helps but trying to bring somebody out of a state of hypertension i would say when it comes to focusing on everything around them or hyperactiveness whatever um it's difficult, but finding that peace, that inner calm before the storm or the eye of the storm, or there's nothing else really affecting around you. And it's just you in this moment is what I talk about when I mention ever just getting high for the first time, whether it was too much, it was the experience though, of how my body and my mind, like I overreacted way too much of tripping, I would say, but it showed me things that I was completely neglecting. I mean, the fact my posture was shit, it's still shit, but it's the factor of like, oh, you need to be like, my mind was like, hey, why don't you sit straight up? Why don't you correct this? Why don't you do this? And I started noticing like, hey, that's a second diet Coke. Why don't you try a water? And then like my mind was self-correcting and fixing things for me. And I was like, whoa, like you start to realize what you're neglecting when it comes to your physical health. But the most important thing is your mental health. Like the reason why people always talk about, I want to go into nature and I want to be one with nature. It's because your mind is constantly stressed out and you don't understand these stress fractures that are impacting your brain because you just go to sleep or watch Netflix. That's good to get your mind off of it. Don't get me wrong. Don't mess with the Zohan on Netflix. I recommend it. But it's a factor of you need to fix it. You need to bring back that clarity. And I used to be the type of guy where if you would have came up to me with dreads in your hair and you wearing yoga pants or something, I would have been like, get out of my face. What do you mean you have life advice for me? Go, you know, go to Burning Man. But then now I look at it, I'm like, you found something in yourself. You found like a deep exploration in a cave, like your uh, Brendan Fraser in the mummy. You know, you found this treasure and I want to ask, what is your piece? What is the thing inside you that whenever you start doing it or whenever you get near it or maybe even a happy moment? Uh, gosh, I would say, I don't know. For me, it kind of takes about sometimes it's like half the battle is really getting there. And, and then finally, when you get there, um, I guess it depends on how long I have been neglecting myself um, as to how long it takes me to get to my aha moment. Um, usually I need to go through, you know, a series of like, uh, you know, deep breaths for, and then my yoga warm up for probably like 15 minutes or so. Um, and then I will like something in the, in my mind is, is like, I love you, Dorothy. And I'm like, oh shit, I love me too. <laughs> or I love you too, yeah. you know? Um, I've, I don't know, a few years ago, I don't know, this maybe like five, five years ago or so. Um, I don't know, I was kind of depressed. Um, I've been anxious all, like my whole life. Um, but I, I ran across something that said that you should like look in, look at yourself in the mirror and look in your, you know, look in your eyes and just tell yourself that you love yourself. Um, it's, you know, it's very rare for people to talk to themselves as if they are their best friend. Um, and that's, I think that's somewhat of, of when my shift started happening, um, more towards yoga and like, just more towards loving myself was, was when I did look, you know, straight in the mirror and you look at your eyes and you see like, you see your pupils and you see all of the serrations of color. Um, and like, you just realize like there's so much, um, in there, uh, to love. And 
that's kind of what what shifted my perspective and then now I mean five years later I am sometimes I just look in the mirror in the morning and and like my inner my inner self is like I love you I'm like oh I love you too and um yeah and then that I mean it happens happens in yoga I mean the longer that you do it the more consistent that it is um you know the more the more I feel connected with myself and um, confident um I think when I'm not connecting with myself I kind of lose my confidence and like my passion like why am I doing what I'm doing but when I'm exercising and I'm connecting you know with myself and I'm breathing um, I'm able to realize you know what's actually important do you think that it would be a benefit to society if we started incorporating yoga or forms of meditation or forms of just relaxation therapy, I would say, and younger kids. Because I feel like when I was a kid compared to how I look in the mirror at myself now, you know, you talk about loving yourself, which to a lot of people like, you're gonna love yourself, that's sad. It's like, no, it's really not. Because when I look in the mirror from when I was a kid, I used to look in the mirror, stare at my pupils in the mirror or something, but I would be like, man, you got a lot of freckles on your face. Oh man, like this, this is bad. Like to the point where you would take lemon juice and rub, I would rub it on my hands to try and clear up the freckles. It makes them oh, lighter. Man. But then to where I look at myself in the mirror, like today or something. And for a person with body dysmorphia, for instance, this is a struggle because you just don't want to look at yourself at all, really. But I would look in the mirror and I'd look at myself compared to how I thought when I was a kid to where I think now. And I'm like, damn, that fucking beard is filling out, bro. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Right? I'm, I'm more like trying to give myself like compliments now and really realize I'm yeah. a person with flaws. But the flaws are kind of some of the best parts. You know, there yeah. are things you that actually you might hate about yourself that people will love about you. And I think when I mentioned therapy for younger kids, I think it's because for so long as little kids, you're taught to aspire and look up to these heroes, which are, you know, people that are hiding a lot of their flaws and it makes them seem like they're perfect and nobody's perfect. Everybody's full of imperfections. And the factor is if you can find that relaxation, if somebody would have told me with my ADHD, Hey, sit and breathe for a fucking minute, that might've actually helped. But you know what I was thrown away to? I was thrown to the factor of ADHD back when I was in school wasn't seen as a big thing. It was seen as a mentally challenged thing. It was seen like you might, your son might be autistic. And that's what they told my parents. They used to throw me in a room and they used to tell me to sit still, pay attention. I would get in trouble if I moved or agitated. I would just get up to sharpen my pencil. If some person would have put me in a class to deal with anger, to deal with just trying to relax and slow down and find myself to think what I might have maybe found sooner than I've kind of found now more love for myself. And I think in a world where we talk about cannabis chefs being a profession and yoga being a profession, everything being a profession that you wouldn't think in a million years would ever be in like the twenties compared to now, the world has a lot of learning to do and a lot of things that we've dismissed that needs to get looked back on and shown. Where do you think we're going to head maybe 10 years from now? What do you think life's going to be like? Oh, that's man. A tough, that's I a mean, tough question. Gosh, I mean, definitely cannabis is going to be legal. I'm like almost certain that it's just, it's going to be legal. I'm pretty sure it's going to be legal this year, if not in Arizona, possibly federally. Um, there's so much, uh, although with everything happening with with the times, um, who knows, but I, I mean, it's very close to, you know, going legal. There's, I'm pretty sure, I think there's more than half the states, um, have a medical marijuana program. So, I mean, I definitely feel that, I mean, you are going to see those, um, you know, those cannabis restaurants out there. Um, I'm like almost a hundred percent sure that's, definitely um you know going to be a thing i mean who knows i mean maybe there will be a, a ganja yoga studio um you know 10 years is a long time to manifest a lot of stuff they say it takes about like six months to to manifest um something that's um that seemed to be the proximate amount of time that i've 
noticed um, for manifesting things. So like, God, 10 years, that's like, that's like 20 rounds of manifestations. Um, that's a, that's a lot. I don't, and if you, yeah, so I mean, definitely, you know, Ganja Yoga Studios, I would say are going to be more prevalent, um, you know, people trying to get more connected with themselves, get more connected with the, the natural way to help heal themselves. I think there's going to be somewhat of more of a revolution with um, cannabis as legalization kind of hits the market. It's there should be an industry spread like wildfire. There should be an industry that should be focused on nothing but natural or spiritual healing. I would say. I mean, my aunt's a spiritualist with like the whole going on the with the wands on the beach or something. And I look at that, I'm like, okay, probably not going to do that. But I did try it, and I understood why it helped because I think everyone has this form of this way of trying to find oneself again. And I think with ways like this, like for instance, if we decided to maybe 10 years from now that this would turn into a whole new research or therapy science instead of just this thing, it's like, it's my form of therapy, but actually turn into a legit craft, something, we have psychology. Why don't we have a type of form of yoga mixed with, you know, a natural remedy or herb or something that can help reach people there because you start to notice the people that aren't into yoga is because they're super tense and trying to tell them to calm down is just going to make them more tense that's why people use it as like a tool as a rod to get to the next you know the next level and we talk about the you know the cannabis industry and we talk about how it's kind of changed but when we mention your favorite thing to make was cakes kind of the detail and the crucial part what is the worst thing you hate to make? Because I feel like gummy worms would be really, really bad for you if you like to make cakes. Um, no, I think gummy worms would be kind of cool. Um, I, I really like uh, confectionery work. So I don't know. It's um, confectionery work is kind of like um, being a glass artist. I'm really fascinated by glass work. So it kind of um, it kind of tickles my fancy for um, for for the kitchen but then also that like i'm creating something that is edible that looks just like a piece of artwork uh like a glass piece of artwork um oh i lost my train of thought hold on bring me back well you strike me like we mentioned before about the different categorizations of chef and cook more about the art of plating so you like the whole kind of like you look at it like an artwork you look at it like a creative masterpiece that you're trying to create not really on the aspect of like i'm going to make this so it's edible and someone's going to love the taste of it but more on the aspect of you want it to look appealing as well yeah no i definitely uh definitely want it to to look appealing it's I mean, it's really about like the fit and finish. I mean, there is something about the process of it and that's what you get when you actually like eat it. Um, but I, I just really, I, I just like being able to like to look at it and just being able to like admire your work, like not even, oh no, not even really for even anybody else to admire your work. It's just like, holy crap, I did that. It's like building a model. Like when I used to build those little bionicle things when I was a kid, when they used to dump all the parts out on the floor, I used to be like anxiety attack, like, oh, it's going to take me years. And then once I got finished with it, I was like, wow, I did that. I built the fucking Millennium Falcon. Like nobody touch it. And if you do, I'll stab you. Like it used to be something like that where I used to be like so proud of my work and it's crazy because I've talked to so many chefs and so many people that make something and to hear them go on about something they created. So you mentioned the music cake. Was that something that you were like, that was the hardest thing you've ever created? Or what's the hardest thing you've ever created that literally afterwards you were like, I'm not going to even sell this. Oh man. You're making uh, me feel I'm good. as like a question person. I like this. I yeah. Feel- <laughs> Thank you. Oh man. But- <laughs> Dang um, dude, like, well, I would definitely, I would definitely sell it. I would have to make enough to like sell it, but I love, um, gosh. Okay. Well, maybe I guess something that I wouldn't sell, um, something that we did at school was, uh, 
Well, actually, I haven't actually taken this class yet. It's the last um, degree from Scottsdale Community College, but because of COVID, everything is getting delayed. So like, I was supposed to take this class last semester, and then this semester they canceled it. So um, what, I, what I would make that I would not let anybody else have would actually be like a sugar sculpture. Um, my friend in class, she made a, <laughs> a SpongeBob uh, sugar sculpture. Um, and it was just so cool. Like I, I, um, I'm looking kind of like past you at, um, at this glass dish, like glass bowl that I have. And I like set it into the, into the glass bowl and I had it in there for like, oh, two or three months before like the sculpture kind of started like falling over. Um, but that's something that, that I would make that I probably wouldn't, um, if I made like a lot of them, you know, I would definitely share. Um, but I don't know. It's really like that artistic, um, that artistic thing. And then I guess if it was like a food thing, first thing that I, I thought of was like a lemon, uh, like a lemon meringue tart. Um, it's like a, it's like a coconut, uh, coconut crust, um, and then lemon, uh, lemon curd, and then a meringue on top that you know, it was just like really nicely torched. Uh, so it's like, it's really, looks like a s'mores. It's like a s'mores tart. How do you not own your own restaurant? How do what? How do you not own your own restaurant? You're talking to me like, this is like, I feel like I'm listening to Gordon Ramsay go off about like this, like the, the crisp, what is this? Oh, this is beautiful. Like, you know, that's like a nicer Gordon Ramsay. I didn't want to just straight up use the evil Gordon Ramsay because that gets me all the time. But. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know. It's, uh, it's just it's so fun. It's, you have a talent. Look, it's just so fun. You gave me the ability to be able to talk to you. And I know I messaged months ago and I'm so happy that we got to get this done. Cause Neil messaged me and was like, Hey, you need to have this girl on. She, you would love to talk to her. But I Thank think you. like if I offered you a million dollars right now, where would you want to take, what, what would you, what would you do with it? Would you go on vacation? Would you go to the Cayman islands or what would you do with Ruby red confections? Oh my God, what I would do with a million dollars. Holy crap. I would not just um, do Ruby Red Confections. I would, I would, I mean, my, my husband, Lawrence and I, I'm pretty freaking positive we would own a dispensary um, or, Is it or own our own brands. Like it's, yeah, because I mean, he, my husband uh, does uh, satin, satin extracts. He works for Arise. They make phenomenal extracts. So, I mean, it's, kind of like a family thing um we i mean we have we we know like a bunch of growers and um you know just people that are you know in the industry um uh, that's, that's probably something that i would definitely do with a million dollars and i would go to hawaii like a hundred percent hands down um and then i go for probably a trip to europe uh, i have not been to poland since i was 10 so I definitely go back and probably take, I don't know, Lawrence's dad and Lawrence and maybe my mom and just, I don't know. How legal is and, it in Arizona? And, uh, vacation and, and well, come up with ideas. I mean, there's so much, God, there's so much stuff cannabis wise going on in Europe too. I mean, Israel is, uh, is, is a, uh, is kind of like the hub for cannabis research. So, I mean, there's tons of information. Uh, Spain has, has a lounge, uh, I'm sorry, not a lounge, but they actually, you know, do what, uh, do what I do over at the mint. They have a, they have a cafe that's open. Um, well, Dorothy, so, I mean, how, would, how yeah. like legal is it in Arizona to the point where have you ever thought about trying an edible food truck being able, maybe, maybe not so much of like a giant scale food truck, but more like a small mobile catering thing where you're able to kind of give people treats on the street, treats on the streets. <laughs> nice. Genius. No, but like, That'd seriously, there um, are yeah, I mean, yeah. that, that would be, and that could be a, a plausible possibility. Um, you know, I have have somebody that has uh, access to a food truck. So, I mean, potentially. Uh, I mean, right now, I mean, I pretty much just do Ruby Red Confections, you know, out of my house. Um, but 
but yeah, I mean, to be able to grow that um, would be great. Even selling cookies out of like the back of your car, like pop up in the Toyota like trunk and just be like, you, would you like a cookie? And then and maybe not offer the kids. I think it's better if you offer adults the treats because that's just not illegal, I guess. Right. But yeah. On the, on, yeah no. But I think it's a great idea. Treats on the streets. Like you could literally, and even make, if you try to make a YouTube channel too, on the aspect of like just meeting somebody on the side of like, you know, who might be going through something or just meeting a random person and be like, Hey, would you be interested in trying this? And then have a chat with them, get their experience on it, get a bunch of that and get a little bit more show. Because I think when it comes to business and as much as I talk trash on the internet and technology, it is a great way of growing your business, which I think, um, yeah. I mean, not saying that it needs it or anything, but more on the aspect of like getting the name out there too, because you're doing something that I think needs more attention for sure. Thank you. Yes. Uh, working on that every day, trying to just be better than yesterday. So just gotta, you know, keep moving forward. And I mean, I have my website out there and just gotta keep promoting myself, might, you know, do some, do some contests coming up here soon. I haven't done anything like that in a little while. So I would kind of stay tuned, um, you know, for, for contests coming out for, from Ruby Red Confections, um, you know, non-medicated and medicated. That way I can kind of cater to both um, markets and yeah. And then just, just keep growing. Um, Have you ever been asked to cater an event for somebody? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, regular or non-regular, like, like a little bit of medicinal. Uh, both, both. Yeah. I've done a, a medicated, um, as, as well as non-medicated. The medicated would be more on the pastry, um, end of things. Although I could, you know, certainly do, uh, you know, savory as well. There's, there's definitely some recipes I have in my pocket for, for savory. Do you ever have a recipe for something where like, or let's say when we say craziest combination, not the best thing or things you wouldn't want to sell to people more on the aspect of like, I can't believe I have to make this. Like at my work, we make protein shakes and there's one thing you would think that everyone would love a peanut butter slammer. So it involves banana, peanut butter, and a chocolate protein shake. After making two days straight of peanut butter slammers, I never want to smell fucking peanut butter again. Because I, it's, it's, it, even if you're wearing gloves, it's on your hands. I don't know. I fall asleep with my hand, like on my face or something. Next thing I'm smelling peanut butter the whole night to where now I just don't even want to look at a jar of peanut butter. So if somebody asked you for something and you were like, oh, I can't believe I got to make this, what would that be? Hmm. I'm coming at you with the good God, questions. I mean, something that I wouldn't want to make, probably... Just something that involves like shrimp or like seafood. I, I don't oh. know. I'm like. You're hurting my heart. I'm from a yeah, beach I'm town. I, just, I don't really. I would. I guess I would do it. But it's. I, I guess I have been. I, I have opened my horizons more um, since working in the culinary industry. But the first 19 years of my life were very sheltered in the various things that I tried um you know food wise I know a lot of Polish foods but like I didn't try bacon until I was 19 so there's so many flavor combinations and things that that I haven't um there you go I have you just, just not been exposed to but yeah I I don't know I'm not like a big fan of like clams and things like that I I don't know. It's just the texture kind of thing. And you got to go to Poland and change their cuisine. Cause I know it's a lot of soups and all, it's a lot of starchy stuff too over there. So it's like, imagine opening up their horizons or maybe even changing it and adding your own spice to that. I mean, you've probably noticed, like you said, kind of like the shelter life a little bit too, but once you kind of opened up your horizons a little bit to newer things, you could do those old style things and turn it into your own way of experiment. And it's like when you're a Mormon and you turn 18, you're able to go experience the full world and decide if you want to come back. You could just come back and be like hey guys you don't have to just have mushroom soup you can have this mixed with bam next thing you know you're changing the nation right 
yeah, I mean, I would definitely add like a little bit more spice um, to to the Polish meals. That's something that uh, my husband really likes to do. And over the years um, of him doing it all the time, I have grown to like it as well. So I think that that's something that I would definitely um, add to it. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's my husband. He's he's excited about that. Um, and then, God, what else would I add? Mm, I think I would add um, prickly pear stuff. Um, prickly pear? Yeah, prickly pear is something that is really uh, unique to Arizona. Uh, we have a lot of prickly pear cactuses. They make like prickly pear juice and jelly and uh, different various things like prickly pear margaritas are really delicious. Uh, they have those at the Desert Botanical Gardens whenever they they open up, you know, to their full extent again. I'm sure they do that again. Um, but yeah, definitely think introducing prickly pear, it would be a really nice um, balance to the various berries that they have there. Um, you know, they have things like huckleberries and like Marion berries and uh, I mean, obviously raspberries and blueberries, but like all sorts of berries because they have forests all over the place. So um, they, don't, I don't, they don't have, I don't think they have cacti there. So it would be, yeah. This, this might be random, but it wouldn't be out of the blank without it. Every time I hear the word berries, I think of the video where the kid's like, blueberries, blueberries. And then he hits his jaw on the, you ever seen that? I, no, I don't. I'm going to so. send you this video and it's going to okay, make you yeah, laugh. Send it, over. it was on Tosh.0 when I was a kid and I was like, that's oh, my shit. life. Well, man, maybe I have seen it. Uh, sometimes <laughs> I don't remember because I was high. <laughs> well look i i appreciate you for doing the podcast dorothy it's been amazing being able to talk to you please promote your site promote where people can find ruby red confections and see some of your delicious treats yes definitely um check me out um at rubyredconfections.com uh you can place orders there for non-medicated items um just message me on Instagram for uh, medicated items. As long as you're a patient, we're good to go. Um, you can check out my ganja, the beginnings of ganja yoga at DL Yoga 360 um, on Instagram so far. And gosh, um, uh, I'm over uh, at the mint dispensary right now um, at the mint cafe. So if you want to come say hi uh, that and you have your medical marijuana card the uh, the counter is right there and I can come up and say hello so definitely come visit me come visit uh, me and my crew over there they're super awesome and oh gosh I just uh, wanted to give a shout out to my friend uh, Kylie Habishaw she is helping me out with the, the kitchen. Um, she's another lead in the kitchen. I uh, met her over at ABC Cake Decorating. It's a really awesome cake decorating store here in Arizona. So definitely wanted to you know, give a shout out to them. Uh, you know, Billy Hayes, The Lounge, and you know, my husband, Lawrence, because he's awesome. You can find his uh, extracts, uh, you know, satin extracts uh, for a rise. So yeah, okay. thank you so much. Or oh, what is it? Treats on the streets. Oh yeah, treats on the streets. Hashtag treats on the streets. I'll start using that. I'm gonna make sure everybody messages you that before they order something. Treats on the streets. Yeah, definitely for sure. Message message me that, and then I'll know. That'd be great. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast, and stay tuned for our next episode.